You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to the this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Listen, it's Tuesday, and I'm Mike, and I'm so glad to have you with us today. It's going to be wonderful. Listen, I want you to tag a friend. Let them know that we're live right now. You can get us on Facebook. You can get us on YouTube. But I want to encourage you to start going over to Mike Moore Ministry. We're transitioning. I'm transitioning. We'll be transitioning fully into Mike Moore Ministries. So you can go over there and you can get us on Mike Moore Ministry. You can even go back on Mike Moore Ministries and get some of the previous lessons that we've been teaching. It's going to be wonderful. So glad to have you. I see Evelyn is with us. Good to have you. Okay, Michael K with us. I think I saw Chancey there from New York City. Marion, good to have you with us today. Uh, Delicia, good to have you with us today. Victoria, good to have you with us today. It is going to be good. Hey, Jewel, good to have you with us today. Listen. I began a short series entitled The Truth About Poverty. It's just a three-lesson series. Now, this series was really a setup for my next series. Um, I I couldn't jump in there and talk about that series until we had our minds renewed to this poverty thing. My next series is going to be entitled, God Wants You to Be Rich. Oh, my goodness. Let that flow out of your mouth. God wants you to be rich. And don't be afraid of that word rich. It simply means to have an abundant supply. And we're going to get into it. But I wanted to set some a foundation so that we can get into that lesson. We're talking about the truth of poverty. This is the third lesson of a three-lesson series. In our prior lessons, we talked about the origin of poverty. We talked about the nature of poverty. We talked about the levels of poverty. We talked about the causes of poverty. And in this lesson, this third lesson, we're going to answer three questions, three important uh, questions The first question we're going to look at is what's wrong with poverty? The second question, what is poverty? And then the third question is what's the cure for poverty? How do I overcome poverty? Now, I am very familiar with what I'm teaching you. And what I'm going to teach you today made me feel very uncomfortable Uh, in my journey. There was a time in my life when I really was challenged with poverty. Remember, there are three different levels of poverty. There's lack, scarcity, and unfulfilled desire. And I was over in that area of scarcity. 
And I'm telling you, it was tough. And God began to reveal some things that made me feel very uncomfortable. So I may say some things to you today that may make you feel uncomfortable, but it's not my desire to hurt your feelings or put you down. It's my desire to challenge you. The truth about poverty, you cannot overcome anything that you don't hate. Now, I'm not talking about hating people, but I'm talking about a condition. You cannot overcome any condition apart from hating it. I didn't begin to prosper until I began to hate poverty. And you won't hate it until uh, apart from knowing what it is. You have to understand the truth from the Bible. What is poverty and, and, and what's wrong with it? So let's, let's get in these three questions today. First question is what's wrong with poverty? My simple answer, and we'll go deeper into the answer. My simple answer is that poverty creates a lack. Now, remember, there were three levels of poverty. We talked about lack, scarcely, unfulfilled desire. I'm going to take you deeper. Poverty creates lack. Say that. Poverty creates a lack. What's wrong with poverty? It creates a lack. It creates a lack of appreciation. It creates a lack of influence. It creates a lack of independence. It creates a lack of respect. Now, let's look at a lack of appreciation. The world does not appreciate poor people. Now, I'm not talking about the value of people. I'm talking about the condition. Stay focused on the condition. The world does not appreciate poor people. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 14 through 16 is a very interesting story. Solomon tells this story. He said that there was a, there was a small city. And a few people lived in this small city. And a king, a great king, a powerful king, led his great army to that small city, surrounded the city, and was getting ready to overthrow this small city. And the, the scripture says that there was a poor, wise man in the city. And through his wisdom, the city was delivered. Now, Solomon doesn't tell us what the wisdom was, doesn't tell us how this poor man's wisdom uh, brought the city through this situation. But it says that the poor uh, man's wisdom delivered the city. But no one remembered the poor man. And then Solomon said, I learned a lesson that wisdom is greater than strength. And the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. Think about it. The poor man was wise and through his wisdom, the city was delivered. But no one remembered the poor man. No one thanked the poor man. 
The man wasn't given credit for delivering the city. There was no reward for that. Why? Because the world doesn't appreciate poor people, people that are struggling, have value just like anybody else. Poor people have as much value as wealthy people, but the world just does not appreciate poor people. I was operating on a level of poverty in that realm of scarcity there, just just making it, paying bills, living from payday to payday. The world doesn't appreciate you. And I had to come to that realization that in that condition, no matter how wise I was, the world would not appreciate me. A lack poverty creates a lack of appreciation. Secondly, it creates a lack of influence. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 57 through verse 60, it says, after the death of Jesus, after Pilate had given the condemnation of Jesus and they had crucified Jesus, the Bible says that a certain rich man named Joseph of Arimathea. The Bible says that he was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate, asked for the body of Jesus, and Pilate, who was in authority, gave him permission to take this body. And you've read the story, many of you, and and. Joseph placed Jesus' body in his new tomb uh, that no one had ever been placed in. Think about it. Here's a man could walk into an arena of authority, a man of authority. And this man, Pilate, was the very man that gave the people permission to crucify Jesus. And yet this man could walk in that arena Ask, make a request, and walk out with the answer. And the Bible is very clear. It communicates that he was a rich man. It communicates that he was a disciple of Jesus. Now, notice the authority that he had. He could engage others who had authority for no other reason than he was a rich man. Now, let's change the scenario. Let's say it's a poor man, love Jesus, want to be a blessing, may even have a a tomb, uh, a burial site. He walks there and probably, poor man, probably wouldn't get through the gate, wouldn't even have an audience. Notice here the difference. The rich man had influence. The poor man has no influence. Nobody's going to listen to them. In fact, the poor man will not even get an audience, never get through the gate, never have an audience with Pilate. Notice poverty creates a lack of influence. I remember years, many years ago, our church turned 41 years uh, this past April. 
And I remember early in our ministry, I was young, the church was young. Uh, we was doing pretty well for a small church financially. And we went to U.S. Steel and I was sharing with, we needed land. We were on 3.4 acres of land and we needed more land. And I was sharing my dream and sharing my vision and talking about what we were planning on doing. And, you know, I was really excited when I was presenting it. And I remember the man uh, said this to me. He said, that's a rather ambitious project. Well, whenever anybody tells you it's an ambitious project, they're basically saying, you're in dream world, young man. That's what he was saying. You're in dream world. Well, Listen, it took us a few years to even get the land. And we wanted about 30-some acres of land. And it took us maybe two years. They they totally turned us down uh, initially. Why? Because we didn't have anything. We hadn't proven anything, hadn't done anything. Uh, nobody knew me, didn't know anything about me. Think about it. We wanted to do something wonderful, something great, something that God had put in our heart. But listen, we lacked influence. We didn't have any influence. Now, listen, I had the word in me before we built the dome. I had a, a revelation of the word, and I was teaching that word. We built that dome, a uh, 3,000-seat dome, debt-free. And it's interesting. We finished the dome. More people wanted to hear what I had to say. Think about it. I had the word in me before the dome, but after the dome, we had done something. We, we had uh, some wealth, if you want to put it like that, and people want to listen to people who has something. Now, that made me feel uncomfortable. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, listen, I'm your friend. I'm just trying to help you. Once we gain some, uh, whatever you want to call it, then all of a sudden, we had authority. Not only did USX now would sell us 30-some acres, they wanted to sell us another 100 acres of land. Wow, think about it, 100 acres of land. We have 140 acres of land. Well, why? People who has something has influence. People who don't have anything, you can love Jesus, you can you can be saved, you could be spirit-filled, but nobody's going to listen to you if you're out on the street with a cup asking people to give you money for your project, your, your church. They may give you a quarter, they may give you a dollar, but they're not going to respect you. Listen, I'm not trying to hurt your feeling. I'm your friend, I want to help you. I want to just make you uncomfortable with that place that you're in. That's what happened to me. I was very uncomfortable. Watch this. Uh, poverty creates a lack of appreciation, a lack of influence. It, uh, it creates a lack of independence. Independence. Luke chapter 16, verses 19, and we'll look at the first, down through maybe verse 21. The Jesus tells a story. Some people think it was a parable, but it wasn't a parable. It was a real story. It says that there was a certain rich man, and it says that he was clothed in purple and fine linen 
and he fared sumptuously. In other words, he was living in luxury. And then it says there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. And we know it wasn't a parable because Jesus here calls the man name. It was a certain man named Lazarus. The Bible says he was full of sores and they laid him at the gate of the rich man. And the Bible says that this beggar desired to eat from the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Now that's, that's not a blessing. So they would carry this man full of sores, poor man, lay him at the gate. And the Bible says he desired to eat the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Notice a lack of independence. He needed someone to carry him. Follow me. He couldn't get to the gate by needed someone to carry him. And then once he got to the gate, he was dependent on the rich man having compassion for him and maybe just give him some of the leftovers from the dinner table, leftovers from the lunch meal. And this is the way that he lived, a lack of independence. He was dependent on someone to carry him. He was dependent on others for survival. It is not God's will for you to be carried by others. That's not God's will. It's not God's will for you to be dependent on someone to carry you. Listen to the word carry. That's not God's will for you to be dependent. It is not God's will for you to be dependent on others for your survival. Now, God does use people. Now, let's flip that over. It is God's will for you to carry others until they can stand on their own two feet. Now, listen how I said that. It is God's will for you to carry others until they can stand on their own two faith feet. It is not God's will for you to carry others forever. In other words, it's not God's will for you to become other source. There's a level of independence that God wants us to have. Now, that doesn't mean we don't need folk. Everybody needs folk. But God doesn't want you to be in that position where you can't survive apart from someone helping you. Poverty creates a lack of appreciation, a lack of influence, a lack of independence, and then creates a lack of respect. We, we hinted at this in our last session, a lack of respect. The world and people in general do not respect poor people. Now, you can hear this wrong. You can say, well, I'm putting poor people down. No, I'm not. I'm talking about a condition. The world does not respect poor people. What's wrong with it? It creates a poverty, creates a lack of respect. In James chapter 2, verse 2 through 3, 
It says, if there come into the assembly a man dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another person, another man comes in the assembly and he has dirty, filthy clothes, and you give special attention, read from the Bible now, you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor person, stand over there or sit on the floor. Stand over there or sit on the floor. That's how the world in general treat poor people. Poor people are not respected. That's the bottom line. You can be a Christian, but nobody's going to respect you if you're poor. That's the bottom line. What's wrong with poverty? It creates lack, a lack of appreciation, a lack of influence, a lack of independence, and a lack of respect. Now, should you have respect? Absolutely. Every person Every person should have respect. I am not talking about what should happen. I'm talking about how the world treats poor people. If you are a poor church, a poor church, nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody's going to appreciate you. That's what's wrong with it. You can have a powerful message, Pastor. I mean, just life-changing message. I mean, the Spirit of God gave you that message. But if you don't break out of that poverty, no one is going to listen to you. That's just the bottom line on it. No one. And when I began to realize that I had a motivation now, I wasn't motivated just for things. I wasn't just motivated for a house. I wasn't just motivated. Listen, I had a message on the inside of me. I believe that what God put in my heart, the world needed to hear it. Nobody wanted to listen to me. Nobody wanted to listen to me. And they're not going to listen to you. Now, listen at this. I hope that didn't make you you feel bad. I'm not trying to make you feel bad now, but I'm just telling you that's just the way it is. This is the kind of thing that the Spirit of God began to teach me. And I, I listen, I got to a place where I started hating poverty. I started hating it. You can't overcome anything, any condition, any habit that you don't hate. Now, Number two, what is poverty? We're talking about the truth of poverty. What is poverty? Let's talk about it. Poverty is a material condition. It's a what kind of condition? It's a material condition. In other words, it's the state of not having things or an inferior standard of living. Now, a material condition, the state of not having things, that's what poverty is, the state of not having things, or it's the state of living an inferior standard of living, an inferior standard of living. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, if you are willing and obedient, now watch this, you shall eat the good of the land. The word good there, Isaiah 119, mean better and best. 
God says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat, enjoy, experience the good things of life, the better things of life, the best things of life. Poverty is living an inferior standard of living. Now, you can be saved, be filled with the Spirit, die and go to heaven and live all your life an inferior standard of living. And I'm telling you, that's not God's will. So poverty now, follow me now. You got to understand what it is. It is a material condition. Now, listen at this statement. If poverty was only a material condition, then what would be the answer? Material provision, material provision. So if poverty was only a material condition, it is a material condition, but it's not only a material condition. That's why you can give some poor people material provision and it doesn't break poverty over their lives. We see that all the time. In, in, in athletics, think about the NBA players or NFL players who sign multi-million dollar contracts, multi-million dollar contracts. And in a few years, they end up in bankruptcy or broke. Well, they had material provision, but it did not break poverty. Now, so poverty is a material condition. But secondly, poverty is a mental condition. It's a mental condition. Poverty is a mental condition. In other words, it is a mind governed by fear. A mind governed by fear. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus talks about uh, how to get your needs met in the kingdom of God. He said, don't take any thought for your life, what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink. He said, now listen, the life is more than food and more than clothes. He said, look at the ravens. Look at the birds. They, they don't uh, sow. They don't reap. They don't have any barns to store up food. And he said, your father feeds them. He said, consider the lilies. They don't spin. They don't toil. And they're, they're more clothed better than Solomon. Now, then he says something, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. But now listen at Luke 12, 32. Listen at this. Fear not, little flock. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's your father's good pleasure. Fear not. Notice he says, listen, God wants you to have the thing. God wants you to have provision. He said, but don't be afraid. Now, notice poverty is not just a material condition. It is a mental condition. It is a mind governed by fear. On three levels, there's the fear of not having the fear. So many people, they're governed by fear. I don't have, I won't get, I will never have this. I'll never experience this. I'll never live in the house. I'll never have a house. I'll never own a house. I'll never, the fear of not having. Secondly, some people have a fear of gaining. 
a fear of getting a fear of success. There's so many Christians, they don't want to be successful because there's something in their psyche that says, if I'm successful, I'm going to have all these problems. I'm going to have all these situations. I Think about the Christians who don't want to be promoted to supervisor. They don't want any, to be over anybody. They, they, you know, they want the money, but they don't want any any leadership. Why? Because they said they're going to be all that trouble and all that. So they have a trouble mentality with promotion. Promotion brings trouble. And there's so many Christians who actually believe that is they're, they're very successful, they're backslide. They, they, they won't handle it. It, it. It'll drive them crazy. You know what I mean? They'll do crazy stuff. So there are some people, they are afraid of success. And then thirdly, there are some people, they're afraid of losing. They're afraid of losing what they have, afraid of losing. Are oh, you getting anything? Afraid of losing what they have. So many rich people are like that. They work all the time. And some of you may work all the time because you don't want to be poor. You know, you, you, you're working because you don't want to lose what you have. You See, you're motivated by fear. You know, it's not just pure ambition. No, you're motivated by fear. You don't want to you don't want to ever be there. You're motivated by fear. So, we see poverty is not just a material condition, but poverty is also a mental condition, a mind governed by fear. But thirdly, poverty is a spiritual condition. It is a spiritual condition. It is a condition of the heart, a condition of the heart, a wrong, improper condition of the heart. Poverty is a spiritual condition. Now listen at, at uh, Jesus in Matthew 6, 24. He said, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now notice, he said, no man can have two masters. Think of the word master, master, master. What do you think of when you think of a master? It's someone who tells you what to do. A master tells you what to do. And God said, you can't have two masters. Either you're going to have God telling you what to do, or you're going to have mammon. And in this case, he's talking about wealth or money, possessions. It's going to be telling you what to do. And so many people really are led by money. They're led by the, the promise of promotion. There are people who don't even consult God. You, you, you show them a, a salary that's more than what they're getting, more than this, more than that. They don't even pray about it. They don't even pray about it. They'll move to a city without even praying. Why? Because they're being led by money. Now, you know, for those of you that know me, listen, I think God wants you to prosper. I think God wants you to increase. I'm just saying sometimes we're being led by money and possessions and increase, and it takes us out of purpose. So now you got money, but you don't have purpose, the intent that God wanted you because you didn't talk to God about it. You didn't ask God about it. You operated out of logic and money was your master. 
It was a condition of the heart, spiritual condition. Listen at this in Matthew 10, 22. It talks, 10, 22, talks about this rich young ruler came to Jesus. He knew something was missing in his life. He knew it. And Jesus says, listen, I want you to sell what you have, give it to the poor and follow me. Now notice Jesus is inviting this man to be an apostle. And the Bible says in Mark 10, 22, but he was sad at this word, went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. It was a condition of his heart, a condition of his heart. See, poverty is a spiritual condition, and it's, imp- it's possible to have riches and have a poverty mentality. This man had riches but he had a poverty mentality. He was trusting in what he had. He had a poverty. You can be rich and have a poverty mentality. It's a condition of the heart. What is, listen at 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says, verse 17, 1 Timothy 6, 17, command those who are rich in this world not to be, traditional king says, high-minded, other translations say it's holy, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now notice what he says. He said, charge them that are rich. So these are rich people. These are rich Christians. He said, charge them that are rich in this present age, in this world. This is not heaven. That's in this present world that they be not high-minded, that they be not arrogant, that they be not haughty, but that they trust in the living God. Don't trust uncertain riches, but trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So we see pride, haughtiness, high-mindedness, and misplaced trust are spiritual conditions. i say that again. Pride, which would include haughtiness, arrogance, high-mindedness, and misplaced trust are spiritual conditions. Now listen at this. You're going to like this statement. It is possible to be a poor rich person. It is possible to be a poor, rich person because poverty is not just a material condition, not just a mental condition, a mind governed by fear, but it's also a spiritual condition. It is a condition of your heart. Now, We've answered two questions. First question, what's wrong with poverty? Second question, what is poverty? The third question, what is the cure for poverty? Now listen at this. The cure for poverty, the true cure for poverty is the gospel, is the word of God. Now, here at Faith Chapel, Faith Chapel, Birmingham. We also have a campus in Columbus, Georgia. We have a ministry care center downtown. And in that ministry 
care center, we're meeting material needs. Jesus had a treasurer, and in that treasurer, that treasure, one of the purposes of that treasure was to help the poor. So we see it is important to help people with their natural material needs. If we only help people with their natural material needs, we will never break poverty over people. Never. Never. Now, we may help them move from week to week. We may help them to get a home. We may help them to get a job. We may help them to have food. We may help them to have clothes. We may help them to wash their clothes, but we will never break the cycle of poverty over their life because the true remedy for poverty is the gospel. I prove it to you. Luke 4, verse 18, Jesus preaching his inaugural, his beginning message in his hometown. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, listen at that. He has anointed me not to give clothes to the poor. We should. Not to help the poor get a job. We should. Not to help the poor find housing, we should. But he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The gospel is God's remedy for the poor. Now watch this. Luke 7, 22, John the Baptist was going through some disillusionment. He was in prison. He had a revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. But once he hit prison, man, dark, damn, rat-infested prison, all by himself, he began to wonder whether or not Jesus was the Messiah or whatever. So he sent his disciples to, and, and, and with this message to Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? Jesus sent a message back, Luke 7, 22. Jesus said, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. Now watch this. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now notice Jesus' remedy for the poor was the word of God, the gospel, the gospel. Poverty is a yoke of iron, according to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 48. It, in Deuteronomy 28, 48, it says that hunger, thirst, nakedness, and the want of all things, that's poverty, is a yoke of iron around your neck. The Bible describes poverty as a yoke of iron around people's neck. Watch this. The anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing destroys the yoke. I believe that yokes are being destroyed today. I believe that yokes are being destroyed through this series. I believe that the information that I'm going to share in upcoming podcasts will destroy the yoke. 
Notice what it says in Isaiah 10, 27. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing on the word. It is the word that breaks poverty over people. Now listen at this. As I close, listen at this. Wealth gained through mental, intellectual, and physical power can be diminished and lost. If you're going to gain wealth, now listen to this. Listen to me carefully. If you're going to gain prosperity and wealth through mental, physical, in other words, your intellect, through physical power, that's hard work, intellectual power, education, you can gain some wealth, okay, just through physical hard work and intellectual power, developing your mind, educate, getting the education, getting degrees. But now listen to this, wealth that you gain through intellectual and physical power, if that's the only thing you're operating on, it can be diminished and lost through poor economic conditions, recession, depression, inflation, high interest rates, pandemics. Think about the, the, the prices on food and the prices on gas and all that. Think about the pandemic. It will erode, recession will erode everything that you've gone to school, you got degrees, you worked hard, and it'll come in and erode it. Because anything that you gain only, now I'm not saying you shouldn't get a degree. I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard. But if that's the only thing you're doing, and many Christians are neglecting the word, not spending time in the word, and they working hard. They're just working hard, and they getting degrees. And so they're operating purely on the natural level. But anything that you gain on a natural level only, you can lose through natural circumstances. Listen at Proverbs 8, verse 17 through 18. Proverbs 8, verse 17 through 18. It says, I love those who love me. God is speaking. He said, I love those who love me. Now, he's talking about wisdom in the context. Those who love wisdom. Wisdom will love them back. Now watch this. And those who seek me diligently shall find me. Those who seek the wisdom of God, the word of God shall find me. Riches and honor are with me. Riches and honor are with me. All the things you're working hard to get, all the things you're going to school to get because we go to school to get a degree, to get a job, to get all the things you're trying to do through natural intellectual power. The Bible says riches and honor are with me is in the word. I'm telling you, everything that you desire is in the word. But then the traditional King James says durable riches and righteousness. Now listen at the word durable. 
The traditional King James says enduring. So when you gain increase and wealth and prosperity through the wisdom of God, through the word of God, the Bible says that it will endure. It's durable. Makes no difference when adverse circumstances come. Makes no difference. Divorce come. Bankruptcy can come. Fevery can come. Accidents can come. Sickness can come. Catastrophes can come. Adverse weather conditions can come. But it is enduring. When you get something through the word, you may have a challenge come in. And it may appear that you lost something, but the word and the wisdom of God in you will bring it right back. It'll multiply. In fact, when it comes back, it'll be more than it was in the beginning. Why? It's enduring. Now, you have an option. You can gain through intellectual, physical power, hard work. And that's where many Christians are. And I feel sorry for you. I feel very sorry for you because some of you, you have left the word. The word brought you to a place, then you left it. Now you're just working hard and now you're trying to do the intellectual thing and you got all these little schemes and everything you're trying to do, but you left the word. But it was the word that got you to where you are right now. And the word can take you to the next level, but you got to show us. You got a choice. I just wanted to spend time with you and talk about the truth about it. I wanted to talk about the truth of poverty. You cannot overcome what you don't hate. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and it'll flee. I began to meditate on the word, what I'm teaching you, and it began to renew my mind. I got to the place where I hated where I was. I hated the fact that I wasn't appreciated. My wisdom wasn't appreciated. I hated the fact that I didn't have influence. I hated the fact that I needed somebody to help me take a vacation. I needed somebody to help me to do this. I was in a, I hated not being respected. I hated that condition. You can't overcome anything you don't hate. And if you're tolerating poverty, it's just a way of life, you will die in it. Because the man in Luke chapter 16 was a beggar and he died a beggar. He died that way. He went all through his life and died a beggar. And Luke chapter 16 said he endured evil things in his life. Sickness and poverty, God called it evil in Luke chapter 16. It is God's plan for you to go, to break the yoke of poverty over your life. Amen, amen, amen. I'm out of time. I'm out of time, but my next session, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this thing. God wants you to be rich. I believe that with all my heart, and rich is not a bad word. I love you. Thank you so very much for spending this time with me, and I look forward to seeing you. Remember, I'm teaching on marriage on my Thursday podcast. I'll see you Thursday. Mm-hmm.